Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, The Atom, number 25. Cover date, June-July 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artists, Gil Kane and Murphy Anderson. Edited by Julia Schwartz. Featuring The Man in the Ion Mask. Written by Gardner Fox. Art by Gil Kane and Sid Green. And The Spy Who Went Out for the Gold, written by Gardner Fox, art by Gil Kane, and Sid Green. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go! Ray Palmer is attending a costume ball with lady lawyer Jean Loring. The party is robbed by a man in an iron mask capable of paralyzing the guests. After the robbery, Ray analyzes evidence and determines that the mask used ion radiation to inhibit the victims. Meanwhile, the Atom is contacted by the CIA to learn the secret behind a foreign nation's sudden back payment of debt in gold. Adam travels behind the Iron Curtain, where he finds a laboratory in which the gold is being irradiated. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Oh, his face is a powerful weapon. But the atom will take him to task. He paralyzes people for fun. The man in the ion mask. The atom needs a battle cry. A battle cry? Yeah. Like huzzah? No, like huzzah! Like up an atom. Oh, I like that. Or I'll split you. Ooh, nice. Or I'm gonna punch you with my tiny fists. Pew, 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 pew. Um, the Atom is the world's smallest superhero, just to review. Yes, not to be confused with... Secretly professor of physics at Ivy University. Antman. Uh, what'd you say? Not to be confused with Antman. Not at all to be confused, because uh, the Atom does not consort with ants, does he? Nor is he in the Marvel world. Correct. Well played. Thank you. Um... There was a tiny shrinking superhero in the 1940s called Doll Man. Oh my god, what a horrible name for a superhero. He was Doll awesome Man. though. He had some great artwork and he had a sh- he wore short shorts okay. and a cape with a 
big collar. Oh, things are looking up for Doll Man. And he had a helper named Doll Girl. Oh, Jesus. And he had a dog he rode around on a doll. Doll Dog? No, it wasn't called. You're thinking of Bullet Dog. Okay. Who helped Bullet Man and Bullet Girl. Bullet Um, Man? There also was an Atom in the 1940s, but he did not shrink. He was just a short fella with a mighty punch. Well, there's the history of the Atom. You're welcome. Didn't your mother used to say something about one of your sister's boyfriends about being short? Didn't she have a saying about it? Well, she hated any woman that dated a man shorter than her. She did not approve. Very old-fashioned. So anytime my sisters had a new bow coming around, my mother would say, well, is he tall? (laughs) In exactly that tone of voice. Yes. Um, Nothing on earth could withstand the blazing power of the man in the ion mask. Yeah, the man in the ion mask. I didn't uh, Google ahead of time. I don't know why the man in the iron mask would have been in the public consciousness in 1966. Or maybe it was just, you know, standard historic information that everyone knew at the time. About the iron mask. About man King, the King Louis XIV. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there used to be things that everybody just knew because you learned it in school. Part of your cultural history, yes. Which is not the case anymore. I talk to my students about things that I think everyone should know. And they have no idea what I'm talking and about. And not even obscure facts for them, like from the 80s. Just no. general historic facts. Like... Judy Garland's film career. Okay. Well, you're not helping my case at all. I mean, I'm not helping you by talking about general historic facts. And you talk about Judy Garland. Our students aren't going to know about Judy Garland. Our students are students of the arts, and they should know about the film career of Miss Judy Garland. No, we need to And the tragic life and death. Maybe our listener knows a little bit about Judy Garland, but, but we... And we needed to know that as part of our gay our gay cultural experience, but our students don't. Well, as I said, our students are students of the arts, so Mm -hmm. certain things they need to be familiar with. Crooks wear masks to conceal their identities. Hey, in fact, we're all wearing masks now, aren't we? We sure are. Oh, I just was, I I, I was delayed coming up here because I'm sewing masks. Right. And I haven't had my sewing machine out in two years since Mm -hmm. we moved here. And I just was messing around with, um... The thread length and the tension, and I got them all mixed up, and I was like, why is this the thread breaking over and over again? You know, from, And I realized, I took the manual out, and I said, oh, I keep on increasing the tension on this. I think we've all been there. Oh, I hate sewing so much, but my mother taught me how to sew when I was young. Yep. So I take the machine out, and I do my sewing when I need to. Nobody ever taught me how to sew. I wish somebody would. Well, she's dead. Well, but uh, you could teach me. Well, I would, you know, I'd be happy to teach you how to sew really? if we had a little project in mind, because I would like to to actually refresh myself on the basics of sewing. Uh-huh. Yeah, seriously. Well, I want to make those kind of shirts that gay people wear that has a different inside in the collar and different, uh, if you turn up oh, the collars, it's a different material. Listener? Uh-huh. If you are, if you have any knowledge whatsoever about sewing, that is not a beginning project. Well, I, I didn't say we had to begin with that. We could start out with like oh, pants, God. a pants suit or something, and then project, process onto shirts. You could just like hold up fabric to your body and then cut it out and sew it up one, one blind stitch. That's what you do, right? You just lay down on the fabric. You trace around your body. I watch Project Runway. I know how it works. Then you cut it, and then there's like a fade out where somebody gets interviewed in the closet, and then you come back, and there's and it's your... it's done. It's done. Okay. Then this is the finish. Yes, that is exactly what sewing is. 
uh, they couldn't put it on television if that's not how it <laughs> happened. Uh, that's good to see you again. It's good to be back. I mean, I've been seeing you every day, but it's, it's, like, it's good to see you from across the table. Cheers. Thank you. Let's have a little cheers. Oh, okay. Let's not have a cheers over the computer. How no, we're something? having our uh, house special, which is uh, vodka and cranberry juice. Hey, did anyone catch our live stream cooking last night? And seltzer, too. Uh, well, since this is not a live broadcast, we're not going to hear back from anyone. Right, but uh, they'll get in touch with me on Twitter. And or whatnot. Uh, we did not, let's just talk briefly about that because we are going to do it again. Yes, well, you know, oh, I, just I said have, again uh, as if as if I'm like raised in my other York. going concern is Dr. Bob's Kitsch and where I make kitschy food from the 50s and 60s. So, um, last evening, which would have been April 24th, we made company chicken. We made uh, it's called party chicken. Oh, sorry, but my tagline was even if you can't have company, you can still have company food. Yes. It was I'm so delighted delicious. It was fantastic. Anyway, we just did a little, you know, YouTube live, and we made a dessert. You made and you made your everyday cherry Caesar cream salad. salad, yes, mm-hmm. and Caesar salad, and uh, you know, I really feel like it boosted the morale of the nation. So we had quite a few viewers last night, and we sang a song, yes, um, which was sort of impromptu, yes. Uh, so the next time we do it, we'll actually rehearse something. We yeah. had something planned, but then we ran out of time right, because we had a really right, busy week. Right. You know how it goes when you're home all the time; you have no time at all. Honest, well. Uh, is it not true yes. that we're working more hours f- at work yes. from home than we used to? Yes. Yes. That my work days stretch and stretch. And then I come back into the office at nine o'clock, you know, and just. Oh it's murder. Gosh. It's it's like a nightmare. Um, here come the dogs with their clingy collars and toenails. I'll anyway. S- I'll take your collar off. On the splash page, we read that crooks wear masks to conceal their identities, but Ivy Town's masked marauder also used it as a weapon to overpower his victims. Yes. And for some strange reason, he preferred to commit his robberies in the presence of Ray Palmer, secretly the Atom, who had a masked identity of his own. The Atom. Well, I just gave that away. The man in the ion mask. Uh, we see the Atom at six inches high doing some kind of a somersault over a horseshoe, which he's just clanged into the head of the man in the ion mask. And the man is holding some cash that he's just apparently stolen, perhaps. This ion mask is essentially... A helmet. Well, it's also, if you colored it correctly, it would be identical to rival Marvel Comics' Iron Iron Man. Man. Iron, sorry, Iron what? Iron Man. Thank you. Um... Story by Gardner Fox. We'll get to that in a minute. Junebug just settled down in her bed. I saw that. that. She's mighty precious, isn't she? Junebug's our little beagle. She eats her own poop, but other than that, she's precious. She is precious. Art by Gil Kane and Sid Green. So unusual to see that down there at the bottom. Story by, art by. I mean, oh really? I. uh, You know what? Point this out, or help me find this the next time that we do read a comic, because I don't always see those those little uh, credits. Um. Wouldn't you know, just as Ray Palmer, secretly the Atom, mm-hmm. is about to leave his laboratory on the night of Ivy University's annual costume ball. And why are they holding a costume ball? I don't know, but that reminds me of a conversation we just had with my cousin, who is also a professor of physics at a small town university. It's true in Pennsylvania. They have a thing there called Mountain Day, mm-hmm. which is when they bus all the students up to the mountain and have jumpy castles and food and whatnot. Okay, so those of you who are listening, 
or, or the listener who's listening who uh-huh. went to college. So he's at a college, and uh, around about 100 years ago, there was a smallpox epidemic, and they sent all the students home. But some students couldn't get home, so they took tents and camped up in the mountains for about three weeks. Right. So ever since that day, or I mean, shortly they, they instituted a tradition, which was on a surprise day in the fall. No one knows what it is except for, of course, you know, a guarded few. Right. They, they'd wake up the kids in the, in the dorms. Uh, in, in the early morning, and everybody gets on a bus, and they all go up to the mountain for a day of parties and fun and picnicking and festivities. And the faculty and the staff, everybody do them, uh, join them. It's called Mountain Day. Doesn't it sound fantastic? Well, as I was saying before, I was interrupted. Oh come on! That's the catch. Is it's a surprise. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. It's you just surprise. wake up one day. You're blared awake by the, your resident assistants out of your bed in the dorm, and they. Bust you up to the mountains. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. It's so exciting. I know. I would love that. I would too. Except I probably would. I don't like going places where there's itchy bugs and if it's You'd hot. You'd be fine for a picnic. And it's and in the fall. It's not going to be hot. The last time I was on a jumpy castle, I legit almost had a heart attack. It's so much exercise getting those jumpy rooms. Seriously. And it's all the hot. Charlie Browns, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, Charlie Brown, I you think could t- was... You, only you could take a jumpy fun castle and make it into some miserable experience. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty miserable if I had a heart attack and died in a jumpy castle and you had to put, like, Legia 47 in the future when she slipped on a banana peel and died and they did an engraving on her tombstone of her slipping on the banana peel. You'd have to do an engraving on my tombstone of me laying dead in a jumpy castle. Or maybe you could just do my headstone as a jumpy castle and just... Have a Ken doll in there or something bouncing up and down for eternity. <laughs> well, you know, Bob, everybody would say, well, you know, he died doing what he loved, having a good time. But only I would know that you didn't die doing what you loved. I'm going to have to put that in my will. What? If I die in a jumpy castle, please know that it was not doing what I loved. <laughs> I was hot and itchy. That's what I've always said about going out and backpacking in, the, in Montana, mm-hmm. that um, people always say, oh, you even when I say, oh, I'm going to go backpacking with my friends in Montana, they're like, oh, you love that so much. You have such a good time. And I was like, yeah, I always think, yeah, I do. But if I die in the mouth of a bear, so help me God, if anyone says at my funeral, well, you know, he died doing what he loved mm-hmm. out in the wilderness. No, I died clawing my way out of the mouth of a bear being ripped to death. I did not die doing what I loved. I saw a picture on the internet this week of someone whose face had been eaten by a bear. Why would you even look for that? I didn't look for it. It was presented to me due to Twitter's algorithms. You know, I I will go go and look at that whole Dr. Boyle stuff. Uh You know, that I just see the Dr. Pimp Mm -hmm. popping boils and stuff like that. But I cannot... Go and look at animal maulings. I think that's well, horrible. Yes, I mean, I, no, human maulings of it. Right, mm, I know. What you know, you mean. Ma- mm-hmm. yes, yeah, humans maul. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, I advise against it. Yeah. I did look up the body farm one time, though, because we have a friend right. who has donated her body to the body farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked it up one time. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Let's get back on track, shall okay, we? Okay, well, Jean is on the phone to Ray. She's going to be late for the costume ball. Did she really she... need to say my legal business took longer than expected? I mean, yes, is she in the legal she's, business? She's a lady lawyer. Did she, but did she need to say my legal business? Did she, Bob, let's say I'm running late from a, from a, um, from a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And we're on the phone, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. when are you going to be home? Well, Bob, 
my dean's business took quite a while, and therefore I need, I'll be home 15 minutes late. No, you don't need to say that to me. Just work. It's just work. But if someone is uh, reading your thoughts in a word balloon, some external person, and you need to quickly establish that you are a dean, then yes, you do need to say my dean's business. Yes, I'm expecting some eight-year-old to read my thoughts. Uh, Jean is a lady lawyer. As you know, she's lady also, lawyer. she's also mentally ill, but we don't need to discuss that yet. Um, she's a hundred miles away, but she says, "Don't worry, I will meet you at the party in costume." Here's the catch: you have to guess who I am. She's a hundred miles away. Is she going to? And she says, "You go ahead and get ready. You go ahead and get dressed, and I'll meet you there." Mm-hmm. How? What? She like a hundred miles? So she's an hour and a half away. Well, yes. Okay. Well, she's a lady lawyer, so presumably she can speed and get out of a ticket mm. if she has to. My goodness. Um, how will I know you? Well, that's my secret, darling. <laughs> you let your heart tell you. Find me if you can. She's going to try to trap him. And if he doesn't guess it correctly, that's it. It's going to be an argument right. that lasts so long. Women are always like that. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to trap you into an argument. I'm trap you into screwing up. I mean, I've never. I'm a golden. What do they call it? A golden circle gay? What the hell is that? That's a gay who never dated a woman. You've never... Oh, that's right. You never did date a woman. No. Oh. I did. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, I was young. Ray is dressed as a spaceman. He's talking to a clown at Mm -hmm. the party. I hate clowns. Everyone hates clowns. Who likes clowns? Why do we even still have clowns? Um... Well, circus people and horror movie <laughs> aficionados. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't go off on a tangent in every panel. Right. Okay, let's go on. Um, They're at the party. He's looking for her. He sees. He sees. He says, ah, there she is. Well, she's in, with a gaggle of gals across the room. She's with a group of Baroque women, and but there's two Baroque women and a Playboy bunny. And he picks Jean as the Playboy bunny. Mm-hmm. She's got a blonde wig on. Um... So she's trying to still fool him. She smacks him across the face and says, how dare you kiss me and blah, blah, blah. But he knows it's her. Mm -hmm. I guess he recognizes her figure. Well, uh, unless she has changed her body shape, he probably knows her body shape and her height and her skin tone and Uh probably her chin and her Mm -hmm. nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My heart did beat faster the closer I came to you. Just the way a Geiger counter reacts to uranium. You're my uranium, Gene. I swear to God, if you said something like that to me, I might Isn't just melt. Isn't uranium destructive to the I don't know. Body? I think that's a. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm okay with that compliment. I think that's just so sweet. Well, it's because he's a physicist, but uh, I think that's why Madame Curie's hands fell off. It's because she was playing around with uranium. Right? Her hands fell off? Well, something. She was poisoned by radiation. So oh. was her husband. I thought her tits fell off. Well, no, you're thinking of St. Barbara, oh. who cut off her own tits and put them on a plate to carry them to the Roman aggressors who were molesting her oh village God. or something. That has nothing to do with comic books. No, but it is interesting to study the lives of the saints, isn't it? Yes, so if we have a student who's listening to this, remember, history is important. What an unusual costume, someone exclaims as the man in the Iron Mask 20th century version walks in. Time out for a one-panel history lesson, courtesy of Ray Palmer. Hello? Yes? Um, can we 
is now the, the right time for us to talk about the asides from the uh, Yeah, writer? okay. So well, let's just get through the history lesson. The original man in the Iron Mask was a political prisoner of King Louis XIV of France who wore an Iron Mask until his death. It is believed he was a twin brother of the real king put away to prevent his attempt on the throne. So he had to wear a mask for the rest of his life? An Iron Mask, yes. That's horrible. Um, okay, back to the story. Yeah, so this story is written by Gardner Fox, who his influence over comics, particularly DC Comics, I don't think could be overstated. Uh, very influential science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. He has taken a deliberate tack. It's, it's mentioned in the letter column. Do you read the letter column? No, I did not. Oh, this is a deliberate choice on his part to insert all of these breaking the fourth wall asides into this, both of the stories in this issue. It's a deliberate choice for what purpose? To just entertain us? Is his writing style? So I was thinking about this when I was walking the dogs. Mm -hmm. This would have been around the time that Marvel Comics was gaining the upper hand in the marketplace. Sure. And did Marvel often talk to the readers? Well, I'm thinking of, you know, Stan Lee was such an outsized personality. Yes. And he was always, um, yes, addressing the reader in the letter columns, right? Okay. Not throughout the story. Right. I mean, you might have a little editor's box that said, how does, how's that for a zinger, true believers? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But not every other panel talking to. This was so. Distracting. It reminds me of when I went to see the Sunshine Boys at the Ohio Theater in 1979. I don't remember who the Sunshine Boys are. It's, uh, what's that playwright? Neil, uh, uh, Neil, Neil, uh huh. You know who I'm thinking about. Come back to it. Go ahead, Sunshine Boys. Uh, the Sunshine Boys, anyway, starring Donald O'Connor and Mickey Rooney. Simon, Neil Simon. Neil Simon. Donald O'Connor and Mickey Rooney. Donald O'Connor was fantastic. Mm hmm. Mickey Rooney, every time he had a funny line, mm-hmm. he would break character and turn to the audience and stick his tongue out and go. <laughs> now, was this, did he have his, was this, was he old enough to be uh, clicking his false teeth around in his mouth when he talked? Let me tell you something. Mickey Rooney was never young. He looked young, he, but he was a midget. Oh, really? Yeah. When he was a kid in those movies, uh-huh. he was actually uh, old. And then when he got old, uh-huh. he just actually got older. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a little known fact. He was perfectly suited for Judy Garland, who was only like about four feet tall. or four, um, uh, just, uh, just about five feet tall, right? Judy Garland, five, maybe 5'2". Five, I don't think she was even five feet. I think she was like 4'10". Yeah. Um, my favorite line about Judy Garland <laughs> was when she was being introduced by George Jessel at a... Roast of some, you know, the Dean yes. Martin roast or something. Right, right, and right. Uh, he said, now I've been introducing this little girl for more years than I can remember. She sang at nine like a woman of 40 and a woman who'd been hurt. Oh! <laughs> well, you know what? George Jessel, everyone, Toastmaster General of the United He's States. He's right. Well, yeah, but why would you say that? Because you're George Jessel. <sighs> Okay, now we're back to the man with the iron 
mask at the masquerade. But we it's called think the it's iron. iron. Right, right, right. Mm. So, okay, back to the story. Your costume is so unique, I'm going to nominate you for first prize. Oh, sh- blah, blah, madam, cares? I'm not interested in your prize. I've come here to collect my own reward. Oh, my God, that's not how I thought he talked. How'd you think he talked? I'm oh. not interested in your prize. <laughs> I've come here to collect my own reward. He's not a robot. I know, I just realized that on the second line. Let me try it again. I'm not interested in your prize. I've come here to collect my own reward. Because his nose is pressed up against that little uh, mask. So here we are. Now we start the asides in in earnest. As every oh, eye is fastened on the mystery man, his metallic mask glows eerily. Parentheses. A handy word to use when something strange is about to happen. Ellipsis. Parentheses. Is ellipsis? Did I use that word correctly? So uh, these mysterious beams radiate out from the mask, and everyone at the party is paralyzed. They can't move, and he just goes from person to person collecting wallets and jewelry and whatnot. Right. So I have a problem with this. Yeah. Then the mask glows blindingly. Uh-huh. What and else? Every, and everyone blacks Like, they don't black out. They just can't see. Right. So a, a mask that generates that much energy in the form of light uh-huh. would likely have some form of heat and therefore likely burn the face of the wearer. Well, um, And as we learn yes. that it's made out of ions, and which is a, a energy that's released when atoms, I don't know, fuse or, I don't know, something. We'll hear about it in just a second. I, I have a problem with this, the light emanating from it. Okay. If that's the only problem you have, I think we're in good shape. For me? Um, I apologize because I said he took jewelry. He did not. He did not in fact, take it's jewelry. pointedly noted by the writer, Gardner Fox, that he only took cash. He did not take jewelry, even though women were wearing a fortune in jewelry to a costume ball. Because right. why not wear all your finest jewelry to How a costume Highly unusual. Party? Right. Well, it was a, it, in, in, in defense, it was a fundraiser. To raise money for laboratory equipment. Oh, okay. That's fine. So, so, they, so even though it's a costume ball, are, right. they probably would have worn fine jewelry. Um, so the police arrive. They note that Dr. Palmer has helped them on cases before, so he volunteers to help again. Mm-hmm. Not as the atom, but as Dr. physicist Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer. Uh, so he goes to his lab and does some research and finds out that he's picking up... Uh, an ionic source of energy. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? Well, when atoms collide violently, electrons are knocked out of their orbits, leaving ions. This, rele- this releases an electronic energy of tremendous force. Scientists hope to power space rockets of the future with such ion energy. So apparently, now when atoms collide violently and their electrons are knocked out of orbit, leaving, they leave ions. Mm-hmm. This solid mask is made out of ions. Colliding violently, presumably, because where did he... Now, I don't know anything about physics, so right. I'm just going to say that I, th- now, I I think it's probably unlikely that it's really made out of ions, but... It doesn't actually but, say that it's made of That's ions, what I was going to say, because right. there's the neutrons, protons, electrons, and now we know about dark matter and such, and those things make up the materials which create elements, which create solid and liquid and gas mm-hmm. matter. So I'm going to say that some super incredible technology, sciencey thing happened to create this mask. I yeah. just have a hard time believing that it emanates a blinding light without causing heat that will sear the face of the wearer. Right. Okay. 
I'm just going to read a couple of these text boxes because this is the point where I started to get extremely agitated about all the asides. You did? Yeah. Okay. Toward dawn, superheroes sure miss a lot of shut-eye. Ray removes his invisible when expanded uniform, as everyone knows. His uniform is invisible when it's human-sized and only appears when he shrinks. He's actually wearing his uniform all the time. Wow. Yeah. You mean... All the time? All the time. Ew. I guess he can bathe in it. Sure. Hmm. Which also means he's probably not wearing underwear underneath of it. Well, I would assume that he wasn't. It's just lycra or whatever it is called. Yes. It's some sort of special. Well, no. His costume is made of white dwarf star material. Oh, well, then he probably just... Who knows what that does with body fluids and whatnot. Um, so he's irradiating his costume with something that's going to prevent him from being affected by the ion energy. Bob. Yep. I just purchased a hard copy of the book Dune. Uh-huh. I'm very interested in reading again about how the still, sur- still suits work. I do believe... Who wouldn't be? ...that they, they eliminate both solid and liquid waste inside their still suits and the, the movement of the still suits processes the water even from the solid waste. I'm not sure what how they clean themselves after that. But Well, as you know, I only read books after the corresponding movie has interested me enough into seeing what the book is like. So there's 0% chance I'll ever read Dune. They're making a new Dune. I know, with Timothy Chalamet. Whatever. Who looks like a... Well, he looks like a girl. I'm just going to say it. Okay. I have no idea who that is. Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name. The kid. Oh, God. I know. My niece likes him, though. Next day, our scientific detective takes a little extra time on his lunch hour. Superheroes eat, eat, you know. Shut up! (laughs) To do some shopping. So Gene's birthday is coming up. He's going to buy her a nice piece of jewelry. So he's Why in. Why couldn't he? I, I, so I was bothered by it. Not really bothered. I was just slightly amused by some of the things that he said. Why? He says, he says, he thinks to himself, Gene's birthday is coming up. And I wouldn't dare be caught short without a present. Why wouldn't he say, Gene's <laughs> birthday? How about Gene's birthday is coming up and I love her and I want to get her something? Because I guess eight-year-olds don't want to read that. Or 10-year-olds don't want to read that? I think you're burying the lead of this gag. I wouldn't be caught short without a present. Get it? Because he's the Adam. My Um. very... Almost one of my very favorite stories ever put into a comic is this Adam's origin story. Because he was on a hike with the Boy Scouts or something. He and Gene... Yes. And there was a cave in... Mm -hmm. They were in a cave. Uh Uh-huh. And which we have to be in in order right, for right, right. to cave in. And so he had just been experimenting with his shrinking technology. And so he happened to have like a lens of glass that was, I'm forgetting all the details now, but the one detail I remember is he managed to shrink himself, was, which was the first time he'd been able to shrink organic matter. Oh. And he happened to he have. He tried on himself? Yeah. Good God. He happened to have. An engagement ring in his pocket because oh, he was going to propose to yeah, Gene. Uh-huh. So he, as now in tiny atom size, he used the giant engagement ring diamond to slice a hole in the cave so that he could get out at tiny size and then go alert the authorities. And leave her inside. With the kids. Yeah, but he had to, he, there oh. was no way to get out because okay. it was all Did she know in. it was him? 
No. She doesn't know it's him? No, he did in secret. Oh, my gosh. No. Um, he, I think he reveals his identity as he proposes marriage to her. This happens in the future. Of course. And that drives her crazy. And then she, so she goes crazy. And uh, unbeknownst to all of us, she apparently remains crazy. Because later on, they get divorced. Um, then he goes and lives in the jungle. It's a whole thing. And then uh, she comes back and she murders... A what? Sue Dibney, accidentally. Elongated man's wife. And uh, then she becomes Eclipso. So it's a whole thing. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. hmm Yeah. Yeah, I'm speechless. Gene, Lady Lawyer Gene. Wow. Um, as, as he looks over the tray of jewelry. Yes, there's a robbery in progress mm-hmm. because the man in the ion mask comes in, paralyzes the populace. He is immune now, but he can't move to become the Atom because that'll give away his secret identity. Not until the blinding light is emanating from the mask and right. he can use that blind that light blindness to shrink to his Atom size. Right. The world's smallest superhero is going into action. And when we say going into action, we aren't just writing words, pulse-pounding punches, sense-of-stirring socks, breathtaking blows. Follow on the fifth page following. What happens to his actual suit? I was just thinking about that when Is I was it a pile of clothes on the floor. When I was describing what was that he wears his costume all the time and mm-hmm. he just shrinks. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So maybe his costume is on over top of his clothes and he's just shrinking everything down. Oh, which would be very uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yes, the man in the ion mask, part two. The tiny titan flings himself like a maddened bull at the V's ankles. Uh, I'm so I guess he can, he can manipulate his mass and weight. Oh yes, yeah. he can become as light as a feather, or he can pack all of his 180 pounds into his tiny frame, which we'll also get to that later. Because I think he probably murdered a couple of henchmen mm-hmm. in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kicks the guy in the ankles. He drops to his knees, and then he um, pew, goes pew, pew, and pew. <laughs> gets a tea wagon and shoves it. Into um, the guy's backside. Do you not love how the guy goes cross-eyed? Yes. It's in the back. <laughs> um, and starts punching and kicking and knocks him down. Lots of, of panels of punches and kicks. And then he just starts flinging his arms in the air. <laughs> and knocking the atom all around. Yeah. Um, he, he did a pretty good job of knocking him around. Yeah. Adam drops inside of a glass display case and the thief... Sh- Slams the lid down. Well, that that would break, right? The glass display case. If you slam a lid down, yes, it would. Um. Also, the atom seems to think he can't easily get out of it. We'll just grow, and you'll bust through the glass, right? That's what he does, right? Oh, but he's yeah. I see. He has to grow, but then he has to take his place among the stunned victims, right? Right, because they're temporarily blinded, right? He doesn't want to do anything that jeopardizes his secret identity. No one does. But what an odd coincidence that I, physicist Ray Palmer, secretly the Atom, should be at both of his robberies. I wonder if something about the white dwarf star matter of my Atom uniform is necessary for him to work with that ion mask. In that case, he must know my secret identity. Good thinking, Ray. 
Yeah. But it won't win you any gold stars. No, it won't because the next day mm-hmm. or a couple of days later, the man every, in the ion oh, mask. There's an aside on almost every panel. Right. Uh, he robbed Ivytown Bank and Ray was not present. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He calls... Uh, oh, wait, we're missing a clue. Okay. Because according to the news account, the man in the ion mask ran out of the bank before he completed his robbery because at 12.15, his mask stopped glowing. Mm-hmm. So, could be there was another common denominator at all his jobs. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the police have the names of everyone who was present at the jewelry store. Mm-hmm. And Ray will have a list of the names of everyone who was at the costume ball. Right. So, by... a process we call cross-referencing in the detective business. Oh, my. You were like a cool P.I. over there on that side of the table. Yeah. Ed Jameson was at both the costume ball and the jewelry store. He's, uh... Bob, it's jewelry. Jewelry. Not jewelry. 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 No, not jewelry. 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 Nope. Jewelry. Jewelry. Well, that's not how it's pronounced. Well, it's also not said realtor. It's pronounced jewelry. Jewelry. Uh, What do you wear wear in your hands? Gloves. Jewels. Uh, What do you do on uh, laundry day? Laundry. How do you clean it? I put it in the washer. The what? The washer? Well, it's pronounced worsh. Worsh. <laughs> it's not pronounced worsh. Uh-huh. What's the little stream running behind your house? Brook? Crick. <laughs> Coca-Cola is? Coke. Pop. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Ed Jameson, if he was at the bank today, I found my man. <laughs> so he dials- I have no idea where you are. I'm at the bottom, page nine. All right. He dials the phone to Ed Jamison's office. Now, this is a nifty little trick that the Adam pulls. Can do. I don't know if he did it in the last issue we saw. He can, I knew that he, pulled, he, he jumps through phone lines. Yeah. That'd be awesome, except you couldn't do it these days. Nobody has a landline anymore. Um, hello? Hello? Who's calling? Oh, punch! The Adam <laughs> popped out into my ear. Um. Were you in the Ivy Town Bank when it was robbed today, Ed Jameson? No. By he's, any chance. Right, so, but were you anywhere near the bank? Right. When the man in the iron ion mask robbed it, he says, well, yes, I was. Why, I was having lunch. Yes. I was having lunch in the restaurant next door to the bank. When I received an important phone call to meet a client, I left the restaurant, oh, I'd say about a quarter past 12. That's <gasps> the exact time the ion mask stopped glowing and the thief had to call off his bank robbery because the mask lost its powers. Right. Adam's next move, as you can guess, is to make himself small and secretly go hitchhiking on Ed Jameson. That's not a euphemism, pew, pew, listener. Pew, 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 Pocket power. Uh, so he just tucks himself into Ed Jameson's suit jacket pocket. It's kind of cool. And Ed Jameson heads off to the races at Ivytown Raceway. That night, Ed Jameson attends the trotter races at the Ivytown Raceway. What are trotters? Is that horses, right? Trotters? Yeah, I guess. Near the betting window, some moments later, glow time again. I was right. Ed Jameson plus the man in the ion mask adds up to a robbery. But what's the connection? Glow, little glow time. Do you know that's a Christmas song? 
Glow no, worm. no, it no, is. I did not. So, um, and I don't care. So, uh, Ray Palmer <laughs> jumps out of his pocket and hops up to the uh, to grab a horseshoe above the window of the bedding the bedding window. <laughs> yes, and then Just commences to beat the hell the out head. of the man with the ion mask. Clang, 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 bong, 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 ding, dong, clang, clang, clang. With the horseshoe, Charlie. Judy Garland, ding, 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 ding with, with the bell. bell. Okay, the so man in the ion mask tells him to stop because so I can't stand that, that noise. So gay. What? You and I bursting into clang, clang, clang with the trolley. You're gay. So he drops his full 180 pounds. Yeah, I wish I weighed 180 pounds. Well, this is what I have a problem with. Because if you're at the size of, uh, what, Barbie doll? Yeah, and you're 180 pounds. And you're 180 pounds, uh, at the best, his shoulder is broken. Shattered (laughs) beyond repair. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario is he's just punched a hole through the guy's sternum. Who knows? But the man falls to the ground, and while he's falling, off goes the mask. That mask slips off awfully easily. Oh, could you imagine wearing that iron mask? Ugh. Pop. Uh, Adam takes a crack at his jaw. We get a nice, really well-drawn powell, that yep. middle one. Nicely done. Well, Gil Kane, as you know, mm-hmm. we like the way he draws I do. rear ends. When Ed Jameson recovers from his paralysis, he says, Do you know this man? He says, Know him. It's my brother, Bill. Bill, Billy, what made you do it? And Bill says in his evil voice, are you going to say it? Oh, I wasn't going to knock my brains out like you to get rich, Ed. I wanted money fast. I'd been working on an eye on gun when I discovered that wherever you were within 50 yards of my special eye on alloy, it glowed and had strange properties. So he had figured out, he figured out that the encephalonic waves, uh-huh. encephalonic waves. Yeah. Given off by your brain, yep. activated the ion alloy. To make my gimmick independent of you, I needed money to buy expensive equipment. I made an ion alloy mask, then trailed you around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he robbed only places where his brother was located. Uh huh. And I was he interested also, only in cash. Uh-huh. Jewelry yep. was of no mm-hmm. jewelry was of no use to him because he had to work fast. I have an idea. What? Why don't you patent your ion gun? That'll probably get you some fast money. Well, there'd be no issue with there. Oh, did you read one of the asides? No. <laughs> if he had patented his ion gun, we wouldn't have a story. Oh, my God. Where's that? I made it up. Oh, okay. Well, it does the, say... As the has fact this. that you didn't know that it was made up should say something about the asides in this story. Mm. Without, without or with, that seems odd. With or without your eye on mask, the Adam says, the law was bound to catch you sooner or later. Your crime career has come to an end. What if... As um, has this story. What, doo, if, doo, 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 doo. what if the Adam forgets for just a second yep. to balance his, his uh, weight correctly and he's standing on the shoulder <laughs> of the guy and all of a sudden all 180 pounds of him just within a fraction of a second comes into his form, and he crushes the guy. Right. Well, also, you know, his controls, his size and weight controls are in his palm oh, of his yeah, hand. So what yeah. if he was, like, uh, like snapped? You know, like, your crime career has come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Don't we have fun, Bob? We sure do. Listen, don't be sad, because there's another story. I liked this story. I Yes, I did. So this is where we... Incidentally, readers, this is in the letters page. Incidentally, we'd also like your reactions to the lighter vein in which Gardner Fox spun these yarns. 
If they click, he'll keep banging away at the typewriter keys, tongue in cheek. No, stop. Gardner, stop it. Dear Gardner, Immediately. please stop. Tap, 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 tap. Um, in Lick, s- stamp, envelope, post. Yep. Now, Just post it gold. now while you can before the post office closes. Gold, one of the most precious elements on Earth, becomes the most in- uh, dangerous mm-hmm. when handled by an enemy co- country. And I can barely read this. My glasses are... Wait, hold on a second. Let me try it again. Sorry. Okay. Gold, one of the most precious elements on Earth, becomes the most dangerous when handled by an enemy country and handed over to the United States in payment of back debts to stave off that golden doom the atom becomes... The spy who went out for the gold. Of course, that's a play on words. The famous uh, novel and movie, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Oh. Movie starring Richard Burton. I've never read the book. No. Uh, I just know it was all about Eastern Europe and communism and blah, blah, blah. What a coincidence. We're going to be talking about Eastern Europe and communism. Newsflash. Stop worrying about our secret agents. They have a thing going for them. For instance, in a small restaurant behind the Iron Curtain... Capitalist spy! You are under arrest! Under arrest? Are you putting me on? You can't arrest an American spy! But I do arrest you! This gun says so! Ha! Who's scared of your outmoded gun? We American agents have developed a new way of fighting without guns. It's slap fighting! Oh! Take that! No, not really. Um, I simply hit my own wrist. So. Boy, this American spy is really gay. Well, uh, as we know, he would have been uh, sent out of the Foreign Service for being gay. And yes. Arrested, probably, and still be in jail. Oh, this is so stupid. We call it Discord for distant skin control over red agents. <laughs> yes. Let's spell that out, shall we? Discord, which stands for distant Skin control over red agents. Now, you would think that, um, what do we call that? Not an anagram. Acronym. Acronym. You might think that that makes no sense, but I've seen some acronyms in my time working Uh, for the military. And? That don't make any more sense than this does. They just take any letters out of any word in the sentence and make put it in the acronym. Do you know what's a weird word? What? Ombudsman. Uh-huh. And we have a a a female ombudsman at our uh, university, so she's called an ombudsperson. And actually, we use the term ombudsperson. Why don't you say lady ombudsman? Well, we just don't say that. That's, that's, that's derogatory. She's a lady, isn't she? I'm going to look up the word ombudsman. Um, anyway, so it seems that this... American agent can slap his own wrist and make the enemy feel the pain, feel oh. the slap. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so now the agent punches himself in the face and the communist agent goes flying across the room. So we already know that an ombudsperson um, or a public advocate is an official who is charged with representing the interest of the public by investigating and addressing complaints of maladministration or violation of rights. Uh-huh. Huh. Sounds fun. How can I get into that line of work? Uh, I don't know. Nothing I like better than listening to people complain all day. So the American agent's on the run now. Mm-hmm. Still punching himself in the face, which makes everyone else <clears throat> fall to the ground in pain, as if they had been punched themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a CIA man, 
which stands for Central Intelligence Agency. Reader, you thought maybe it meant clever, itty-bitty Adam. No. Mm. I dare say even in the 60s, everybody knew what CIA meant. Mm -hmm. Or even if they didn't know exactly what it meant, they know that it didn't stand for clever, itty-bitty Adam. Right. Who hasn't even appeared in the story yet. That we know of. The American escapes. This foreign agent looks a lot like Ewell Brenner. Well, how about the smooshy-faced guy in the next one that looks like Jack Black? He does look like Jack Black. A little bit. Um, like a caricature of Jack Black, not the actual Right, Jack right, right, Black. right, right. Um, so now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. It appears that the Atom has been on the scene the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's the one that was using his tiny size in 180-pound weight to perform all these tricks. Mm-hmm. He... To jumps so discord right um so agent 237x calls his boss and adam jumps through the phone line and arrives in the office of the big boss the tycoon of terror boris callum chuck power man in the secret state police he has power he hasn't used yet yes so luckily no one uh realizes that the atom is behind the iron curtain Mm -hmm. we have a flashback now to discover how the atom was drafted by the united states government specifically the cia Uh uh-huh who have a headquarters in ivy town of course because everyone knows that the cia has secret headquarters in every college town in america (laughs) so they can track the communist college students Mm um so it appears the eastern Bloc nations have all decided to pay their overdue World World Wars One and Two debts, United Nation fees, industrial and banking payments, effective immediately, and they're going to pay in, in gold. gold. And, he's, and Ray's like, "What? That's bad." He says, "Well, it, it figures to be bad. How come they're paying all their overdue World War uh, debt, overdue World Wars One and Two debts, uh-huh. United Nations fees, industrial and banking payments, so suddenly and so anxiously?" We suspect there's trickery behind it. Well, that's good for them to be suspicious. To clinch the suspicion, our overseas agents have heard rumors that there is something wrong with that gold. Mm -hmm. And the United States can't refuse it without a legitimate reason, without causing an international incident, strained relations, or worse. So they're sending the atom in because they must be sure of their facts before they cause some kind of uh, international incident. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is Boris Kalumchuk worried? No. Is he even anxious? No. No. Because. Don't fret, comrade. In two months, bef- in two months, there will be no more Americans. Oh, no more Americans. Mm-hmm. That was the Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows enough about their f- crazy foreign language from studying their science publications to get the gist of what's being said. I have also worked in scientific publication. Everyone uses English. There's no scientific publication that's in a foreign language, unless it's maybe a a country we don't have any relations with. So what happens? Now the head man swaggers from his office down a ramp to a vast laboratory. Mm -hmm. Where bars of gold are being irradiated with strange radiation. And it doesn't look like... This is the problem that I had. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get back to that. But, uh, but just, just let's just pay attention to the fact how close the American is to the gold. Uh-huh. Also, no, 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 the, the, the communist is to the gold. Right, right, right. And the guys are wearing you know, what appear to be protective aprons, but their right. faces aren't covered. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. So apparently it's safe for them to be eight feet, six feet, or three feet from the gold. Um, however, so we learn that soon after this gold arrives in the United States, all the people in that country will die of a mysterious disease. All the people. Right. So as soon as this gold that they're standing just literally feet from uh-huh. arrives in the inches, United States. The workers inches away. Inches away. All Americans will die. Right. I call um, bullshit on that. Anyway, there's a strange light irradiating the gold. Adam is trying to get up to see what's happening, and all of a sudden he grows to normal human size. Uh-oh. Of course, his Adam costume disappears. He's just physics professor Ray Palmer. Mm-hmm. Who they take to be a capitalist foreign spy right in their midst. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam thinks he must have accidentally clicked his size and weight controls. You see, I was worried about that, that that would happen accidentally. Well, I guess you can do that accidentally. Huh? Um, so he shrinks back down again, does some fancy footwork. Get it? See what I did there? Yeah, he does he, because he grabs their feet. Right. Um, drives his body sideways into a row of glass vials containing high explosives of, and a- acids, high explosives and, and acids, acids, which starts exploding in the lab and he, uh, high tails it out of there, high tails it, but not without firing a laser gun. Right. I guess. He fires a laser gun, of course, cause why wouldn't you? Right. And uh, they start shooting at him, which of course is causing more damage cause they can't. Get a good clock on him because he's flying around. They think they throw him into a fire, but what right. he does was makes himself very, very tiny and right. he floats up on the heat uh, waves. Clever lad. Yes. Uh, not before slipping a glove off to delicately. Oh, that tiny little glove. <laughs> he drops it right on the edge of the fire so that you see they'll think that he's dead. Uh-huh. And then he. At super, super tiny size, he flies back into the room and hides himself inside one of the bars of gold. Which apparently is not going to kill him. Right. So he can just take a... He goes to sleep Mm -hmm. in the crook of this gold bar, um, which is apparently fine. He's not going to die, I guess. Even though all every literally every citizen of America will die once this gold. If this plan is to work as they say it will, as soon as this gold hits the American soil, every citizen of the United States will die. Right, and it must be powerful radiation because if that much gold is going to enter the United States, it's going to go to Fort Knox, right, right in Kentucky. So that's. Radiation is going to have to reach from Kentucky to what year is it? 1966. It's going to have to get to Hawaii and Alaska, uh-huh. which means everyone in Canada also is dead and probably at least the west coast of Mexico. Very sound science. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think about these things. I stay up at night. Worrying. So later that uh, the the dazed Adam wakes to the rumble of the army truck on its way to the railroad depot. Right. He's being taken to the United States. Right. Um, it's being driven by a high-ranking diplomat as driving the delivery truck. Uh-huh. Um, why did you, high-ranking diplomat, insist on driving this truck? One of our soldiers could have done it. Mm-hmm. I insisted because my brother was a cosmonaut who died in our um, when our people learned about the radiated gold storm. I want to drive this shipment of radiated gold to the train, which will start on its journey. 
so that my brother will not have died in vain. So it seems that a comet, the Ikea Seiki comet, curved through the solar system and came closest to the sun on October 21st, 1965. Apparently it shot past a Soviet space capsule in orbit above the Earth and irradiated the capsule so that the cosmonaut inside uh, was affected by the radiation in such a way that it sped up his heartbeats to such an extent that he simply collapsed and died. Right. Where could he have picked up this mysterious radiation? Well, it was the comet. The gas from the comet emitted a radiation that contaminated the golden instruments in the space capsule. It was this radiated gold that caused your brother's heart to rapidly speed up its beating until it caused his death. So the communist scientists discovered that they could irradiate gold with that same radiation, send it to America, and kill everyone, literally everyone in the entire country. And they're safe in their truck. So yeah, absolutely. They, also, they the atom is safe when he just sleeps on top of it. Right. It's, it's fine. It's fine. That scans. Um, the atom learns this information, and now he's just going to take matters into his own tiny hands. He knocks out everyone driving the truck, takes over the truck, uh, drives the truck at tiny size. Yes. That's a great panel. That's great. The one um, with, him, with him on the steering wheel? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Causes the truck to drive off a bridge into a river um, as light as a feather, as small as an elf. The tiny titan watches the killer gold sink to a watery grave. So now all of the water in this river, which is in Eastern Europe and is probably furnishing water for a great many villages. is going to poison and kill all, right. everyone. In. Right. Well, hey, let's yep. think about it. Probably all of Eastern Europe will be mur- will be killed by this. right because yeah. it's going to irradiate all that water is going to infect the, the entire water system. Of course, not just Eastern Europe. The aquifers, everything, everything flows into the Danube. Everyone will die. Yeah, yes. all of Europe. It's fine. Well done, Ray. Later, he makes his report to the CIA Home Office. Well, everyone's dead. <laughs> See you next issue. <laughs> In time, the radiation would have worn off. After all, us Americans had died, and the enemy would have gotten their gold back as good as new. I wish we could make that... That's not how radiation works. You've already killed everyone in Europe and yourself. It's fine. We're back in the United States. No one cares. Phew. I wish we could make public what you did, Adam, so that we could warn that everyone in Europe is going to die now. (laughs) But we can't. Sorry. Later, as Ray Palmer keeps a date with his girlfriend, Lady Lawyer Jean Loring. Lady Lawyer. Lady Lawyer. Did you hear, Ray, that the (laughs) Iron Curtain countries aren't going to pay their debts to us after all? I love that. I love the way you said that. It's just as well, honey. I have a hunch we're better off without their old gold. So there you have it, folks. A story worth its weight in gold. <laughs> nice. I don't approve of this new writing style of Gardner Fox's. Is it going to last? Are we going I to see more know. of it? I guess we'll find out, won't we? We will, I suppose. Um, that's all I have for this week. Next week? Yes? The Blackhawks are back. This one? Yes. What's that? It's a moon man. Oh, my God. Um... And we have a special story next week, Hendrickson's Secret Life. Oh. He's the 
the older gentleman with yeah. a well, nice. we'll leave that for next week. You can find us on social media at Go Go Check Pod. You can download these episodes every week or so, wherever you download your episodes from. You can go to drbob.com and you can catch up on all my cooking videos and uh, even see my live stream I did the other night. And that stay was fun. tuned. I'll say it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, we'll be back soon. Yeah. Next week. Wonderful. If not before. Right. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for your service. God bless. And I hope you don't die from radiated gold. <laughs> Bye. Bye.